Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to LA Kings Road Talk Radio. Tremendous fashion, uh, tremendous fashion. Ladies and gentlemen watching this game, uh, I think that this is without a doubt, uh, don't even know if it's close, but uh, for those of you that were watching this game, how was it not, um, uh, you know, how could you not enjoy really watching what is arguably uh, Kopitar's finest moment as an L.A. King? The only, the only way this could have been better if this was like a playoff game seven against the Ducks. Like, that would have been the only thing that maybe could have uh, trumped this moment. But uh, just a, an incredible game. And we're going to talk the next uh, hour or so and gloat like we've never gloated before. And uh, we got some people coming in, our uh, co-hosts calling in and helping me get the show started. Jerry from Ohio. Hey, Jerry, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. That was a thing of beauty to behold, for sure. To, to see Kofi... Uh, Get four, you know, to have have him have a hat trick in the, in the second. I mean, it was just amazing. And I had the game on the Abs oh, yeah, channel tonight, and they were ahead, buddy. they were getting ready to put him in the home. You know, after the first one, they were talking about what a comeback season he'd had and how improbable it was at the advanced age of thirty. And I'm like. Really? <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, you know what? I think I think what made it even better, Jerry, was once again. I mean, that hat trick goal. I mean, I mean those two goals he scored. It wasn't it wasn't as if you know back in the day where Granado would get a hat trick by standing in front of the goalie and he'd hack in three, you know, hitting the trash in. Right. You know. Right. Like, like two right. of those two of those four goals were highlight reel goals, and the third. Yeah. Uh, once again, I think that. Uh, that third goal was amazing, and, and uh, Alex and Jim were talking about it tonight. Was how, like the call, the, the Avalanche fans were throwing some of their hats on the ice, like they had to begrudgingly acknowledge that uh, that it was something special. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, two of those. And, the, uh, the one that he back the one the one that he backhanded up into the top of the net was just beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it definitely was. It definitely was. Uh, I would think, uh, based on his performance tonight, there's a pretty good shot that he just may be the NHL Player of the Week. And uh, you know what's great is not lost on. Not lost uh, on Kopitar's amazing achievement. Just the fact, though, that Reader had two goals tonight. Like that would have right. been like we would have been putting the champagne for that. You know, had nothing else happened yeah. but that, we would have said it was a pretty good night. You know, the fact that uh, the the fact that he came alive and uh, once again, too, uh, his first goal. You know, uh, had had a step on that defenseman, and uh, I think that was the first time. Uh, really, as a member of the King, that we really saw the speed. You know, we you know we heard all the scouting yeah. reports, but we never really saw it. But uh, you know, it would be great, uh, tremendous for the Kings if uh, if that guy got hot at the right time. Because now, once again, you're looking yeah. at you're looking at a team that can roll three lines. Uh, probably has mm-hmm. the most you know bottom line depth of any team in the league. Uh, you got a goalie that's won back-to-back Stanley Cups. You have, uh, with the development of Forbert, who's playing tremendous as well since taking mm-hmm. uh, that skate to the ear. Uh, boy, right. it's, uh, it really is amazing to watch. And uh, when we look at the, when we look, and I'll keep, we'll keep you updated as well, folks, on the uh, Las Vegas uh, San Jose Sharks game. As of right now, it is one to one. The end of the second. Oh, hey, uh, that is actually on NBC Sports. Uh, we should go ahead and uh, turn that on and watch that while uh, we're doing our show here. So go check that out. We'll keep abreast of that. Jerry, uh, if San Jose loses tonight, believe it or not, the Kings are only two points behind San Jose and at that point have a pretty good shot of maybe maybe overtaking San Jose and winning second place in the Pacific, which uh, – what an irony that that would be, given that really uh, almost the first half of the season it was Vegas and the Kings that were in first and second place. Right. The Kings uh, went on that prolonged losing streak, sank out of the playoffs. Wouldn't that be crazy? Like just one of those insane sports things that you could never, ever, ever predict happening, but a real possibility of happening with the San Jose Sharks loss. And uh, I'll tell you what we'll do here. Jerry, go ahead and talk a little bit more. We'll pull up a San Jose schedule, and we'll take a look at what their final games are like, okay? Okay. Uh, yeah, if they, could, if they could overtake the Sharks after going on that bender that they did there in uh, January, and February wasn't much better, um, that, would be, that would be an incredible story in and of itself just for them to do that. And that would solidify, you know, it, it would solidify them into the playoffs. They, they have moved away from the bubble, which is so hard to do today. Once you get into that um, into that wild card bubble, it's so hard to get out of that. You know, even to climb into third place. And if they could, if they could leapfrog San Jose into second, that would be incredible. And we still have a game left with them, don't we? Nope, we are actually done with them. They uh, beat us pretty good, uh, pretty good over the season. So yeah, we have no more games with them. However, 
once again, I think another accomplishment as I look at San Jose's record is they won five in a row. I mean, that would be yeah. insane to think They've if they lost. Yeah, you know, that they lose against Vegas, and the Kings now two points behind them for second after they've actually won five in a row. I mean, uh, who was it? I think it was, wow. it was it Augie or uh, Jeff the other night. They said the hockey gods are the best script writers, and indeed, uh, yeah, truer words that was, were never, never spoken. Yeah, that was Jeff the other night. I remember that. Yeah, it was, that was a that was a really really good line, and uh, so uh, as we look down uh, once again, Kings with really uh, even though technically there's two uh, road games left, but uh, after Saturday night's game in Edmonton, uh, you got really five at home, one on the road. The one on the road's actually in Anaheim, so it doesn't really technically right. even count as a road game, given the proximity yeah. and given that. Uh, 60 at this rate, 60 to 70 percent of the people in the arena are going to be Kings fans. So, as we look uh, yeah. at the schedule, you got Edmonton Saturday, all the rest at home. You got Calgary, who's really on the slide now, uh, virtually eliminated at this point from uh, the playoffs. Then you got Arizona. I think Kings probably may be looking for a little redemption uh, against them. Uh, the following night, you got Anaheim. That's the big game. We talked about it the other night. Will we see uh, Campbell in Arizona and Quick against Anaheim? We said that was probably the uh, probable matchup there. And then your last three home games, these same Colorado Avalanche, uh, right. Minnesota, and then Dallas, which once again makes it all more compelling given that all of those three teams are really going to be in uh, that wild card hunt. Uh, in the event that the Kings, uh, you know, don't have a shot at uh, getting in via the Pacific entry, it'll definitely come down to that wild card. So uh, still some hockey left to play, but, boy, it's, it's, uh, it's hard not to feel just a, an insane sense of optimism, right, Jerry? Oh, definitely, because, I mean, it, w- it was such a solid game for them. The last couple games where they've been – they've had to just fight and claw to get a point. You know, maybe get the second point. You know, they had to find ways to win this game. After that first goal, they took the game over and controlled the entire rest of the game. It was a complete 60-minute game for them. And, you know, that's really exciting to see at at this time of year because that that was what was on my mind during the day today was which team is going to show up? Are, are they are they going to be the team that knows they need these two points and just goes out and gets them? Or are they going to be the team that takes a siesta in the second period and then fights their way back into it in the third period to send it to overtime or do, you know, do whatever, maybe sneak out a win, but – these guys, they came out tonight, and they just took the game over and ran with it. And that that was what yeah. impressed me so much tonight. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And, uh, Jesus, as of right now, you look, you know, what was really a make-or-break road trip. You know, hell, we talked about it. Uh, you know, we talked about it previously. We said this was such a huge road trip that, you know, could really uh, even knock them out. You know, a couple bad games in a row could put them in a real world of hurt. But here we are five of a possible six points 
uh, going into yeah. Edmonton now, a win there is going to get them seven, you know, possible seven of eight points. And, hell, even if they lose in overtime, six of eight on the road, a uh, right. a, a tremendous feat when really they, they needed it most. So let's go ahead and uh, break down our scoring and kind of go over the game real quick, and then we'll get to our three stars. I I, I don't know who who though that number one star might possibly be. The tension is killing us tonight, but uh, <laughs> alas, we have our regular features. Uh, first period opened up where Colorado uh, opening up the scorey. Miko Rantanen, his 27th of the year. Hell, we talked about uh, Tyler Toffoli having a a quiet season. Uh, uh, Miko Rantanen, 27 of the years, assisted by McKinnon and Landeskog, and. Uh, at that point of the game, Jerry, you could probably back me up. I mean, that was the I, – I called it a stupid goal in the sense that Quick could just never really cover the puck. It wasn't a, it wasn't a crisscross. I mean, it was like almost, a, once again, one of your your prototypical comedy of errors where I think he maybe had three or four times to cover the puck, never did, and ended up in the net. And at that point, I was kind of – at that point, too, Jerry, Quick did not look like he was on his game. Are you with me there? Oh, definitely, definitely. He was, he had flopped on his gut. He was pawing around, you know, with the catcher. And like you said, he had three good, good shots at it and couldn't cover the damn thing. And it ended up in the net. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny too, because you can, you can tell by Quick's body language when, you know, and, and tonight's game is the game went on. He got better and better. You saw the poise. Uh, really, when you watch Quick a long time, you can see when he's on his game. When he's not on his game, he tends to kind of overslide uh, when he's going post mm-hmm. to post. Uh, you see him sometimes take that angle. And uh, even there in the third period, there was a, one or two times where I thought Colorado uh, was going to score, but uh, they just it was just one of those nights. But early on, Quick did not look uh, that good at all. But after that, uh, the Kings – Really broke it open. Seven, count them, seven. That's right, seven unanswered goals. Uh, Kopitar, uh, the first one, that was assisted by Brown. Really nice play there uh, uh, where, and once again, that was almost a gift goal really for the Kings because uh, the Colorado defenseman just could not have played uh, that puck any worse. Bobbled, uh, bobbled the puck, had a chance to move it up the boards, and even head man it out. I don't know what that guy was thinking, but uh, stumbled with it. Brown uh, used it as an opportunity to apply a little pressure. Not only wins that puck battle, uh, controls it. Nice little feed right to Kopitar in the slot, and that was pretty much uh, the the night of uh, of Kopitar. The the night of Kopitar begun right at that point. Second goal came. Uh, by Jake Muzzin. Jake Muzzin's seventh of the year. Wow, Muzzin only three away from maybe breaking 10, probably an unlikelihood at this point. But uh, for you people that don't follow hockey religiously, uh, I always kind of use 10 goals as the other over-under on what is a successful offensive output season for a uh, defenseman. Anyhow, uh, seventh on the season, assisted by Thompson and Toffoli. And, uh, you know, let's talk about it. I know Jim mentioned it, but uh, Nate Thompson, uh, really solid game tonight. Uh, ended up with over 13 minutes of ice time uh, when the Avs were trying to rough it up a little bit. He got his nose in there. Uh, ended up with two assists on the night. And uh, 
Yeah, overall, a really, really good showing uh, for Thompson. And once again, just like we said, uh, we saw where Stevens had split up the lines now where you kind of do have balanced scoring on those top three lines. You at least have two bona fide, uh, you know, snipers on every line now, which can make for a tough matchup. And uh, we kind of saw that uh, going on here tonight. After that, uh, with just 16 seconds left in the period, Kings on the power play, Muzzin, to Brown, to Kopitar, really a, a tic-tac, beautiful passing play uh, on the power play. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny about that, Jerry? Is That will be the goal that nobody really talks about, even though, like, in a regular game, that would have been the highlight real goal. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, like, yeah, that, that was, that, that that was, was an excellent goal. Pass. Yeah. You have the prettiest passing, I mean, for – Kings sometimes have a hard time getting it to the middle, uh, kind of a perimeter-based team. Uh, and on that goal specifically, uh, the passing just could not have been even prettier. And, hey, while we're recapping the goals, let's go ahead. And I think we got Mr. Uh, Superfan, Augie Loy. Hey, Augie, how are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, hip check. What an effort by the boys tonight in Colorado. Uh, that was what was really amazing was seeing all the hats fly when uh, Kopi uh, got his hat trick. Oh yeah, yeah, we were talking about that where uh, even even the Avalanche fans had to begrudgingly acknowledge that uh, just that it that it was an amazing thing to watch. And uh, as as we were just recapping the goals, Augie, and the the funny thing was was. Uh, Kopitar's second goal came on the power play with probably the most beautiful display of passing the Kings have had on the power play in quite some time. And I was joking with Jerry that, ironically, that will probably be the goal that nobody shows. Right. No, you're you're 100% correct. And uh, because I didn't get to see it live, but I saw the replay of it, and I was just blown away at how they were moving that puck. And I, I was like, who are these guys? Uh, because it's just uh, tonight's execution was really some of the best hockey I've seen this team collectively play uh, this season. And uh, for them to just rise up like that in a game like this against a team that's just been red hot, like the Avs, uh, was, I was, I got scared when we got down one nothing, especially the way that that goal went in. But after that, those guys just said like, you, you've insulted us. Now, <laughs> how dare you besmirch us like that and just drop the hammer. And the hammer indeed was dropped. So we are recapping the goals right now, and uh, that was it after the first period. Uh, three to one Kings, and we all felt a little bit good having a little insurance goal. And then uh, the rich just got richer. 47 seconds into the second uh, Tobias Reeder uh, making his uh, his presence felt, second goal as an L.A. Uh, King member. Uh, Jonathan Quick with an assist on that one, his second assist in uh, three games, but uh, that was really led by uh, Doughty. Uh, Doughty had his head up. He saw that the uh, Avalanche defensemen were changing. Uh, defenseman hopped out there, a little flat-footed, saw Reeder was wide open, makes a beautiful pass. Reeder had a step, and... Uh, did not make a mistake. He, that was really the first time that we have seen the speed of Reader. We've uh, seen it in the scouting reports and heard everybody talk about it, but that was really the first bona fide time uh, that uh, 
that we had actually seen it on display. Reader's 10th of the season. There you go. Second as an L.A. King. And then the, the goal that rocked the hockey world uh, about halfway through, uh, Anzi Kopitar. Just uh, really, a, he was just not going to be denied. And I think you saw when, you, when that play happened, you just knew it was going to be a special night for him. I actually made my kids watch the replay, and we were all in awe. Uh, had a nice little step there. Uh, once again, and, and Jerry, when when he had the puck on his stick there, you just it was it was a strange feeling, and that you just knew he was going to make it happen at that moment. Am I am I right? Yeah, there there was there was something about that series and that rush there that uh, yeah, you just knew he was going to put that in. Yeah, you didn't you didn't know how he was going to do it, but you knew he was going to do it, and he you does it in spectacular it. fashion. Exactly, as he uh, has a step, makes a nice little move. Actually, roofs it on the backhand. Uh, yep. It'll be the it'll be the goal. Of, it'll probably be the goal of the week. Uh, he'll probably be the player of the week. Uh, just a, a thing of beauty. And for you people that have never really played hockey before, even even just you know foot hockey, you know, with a tennis ball, really uh, to be able to roof uh, a puck on a backhand. It's it's hard, you know. You're a mere a, a non NHL player. It's very very difficult. Augie, you probably played more rec hockey than any of us put together. Uh, have you ever? Uh, how how is your backhand roofing ability? Hey, are you there, Augie? No, oh, I think we lost Augie here. Something happened there. Oh. No, oh, there, there we go. There we, go. we got you. Yeah. Yep, I got you, okay. buddy. No, what I was saying. Oh, good. Okay. No, what I was saying is that his uh, his backhand generated more velocity than any slap shot I've ever taken, and that just was. <laughs> I, I mean, it was a thing of beauty because when he was on that rush, he was out of gas. He they were just were working that shift right there where where the Avalanche were moving the puck, moving the puck, and for. Everything went right for the Los Angeles. Everything went right for them, and that they yeah. just showed it. And that was a hell of an effort. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. All right. Not too long after that, actually, that was the uh, that was once again the uh, the goal that ended the second. At that point, the Kings with a comfy five to one lead and. There in the third, they thought for good measure they might as well tack on a, a couple more. Uh, sloppy play by Colorado. Uh, Puck actually ends up to probably the worst guy it could ever end up uh, for the Avalanche as Kopitar gets it. Has a step on the man. Uh, just throws a beautiful laser uh, wrister. Gets past uh, Jonathan Bernier, who is the goalie of record at that time. Uh, making his fourth of the night, his 33rd of the season. Kopitar looking at the opportunity to really set career highs across the board. Uh, just it really, it's, it's, it's Kopitar night. They should have a victory parade in his honor uh, when the L.A. Kings come back from Edmonton. As a matter of fact, you fans, if you're fans, you should go meet the team at the airport when they fly in after Edmonton and congratulate them like we used to. 
uh, back there in the late 90s after critical playoff wins in the early 2000s, back when we uh, didn't have kids and money and could uh, go to the airport there at 2 in the morning. <laughs> All right. And finally, rounding yeah. up the scoring, uh, Toby Reeder once again put the uh, the icing on the cake. Uh, his 11th of the season, second of the night, assisted by Folan and Carter. And uh, let's go ahead, because uh, without further ado, uh, we should probably just go ahead and get to our three stars here. And uh, we talked about this early, and once again, probably no real, uh, no real secret who number one star is going to be, but Augie wanted to go uh, number three for Quick, number two for Reader. <clears throat> I agree on Reader. Number two star for sure. Would have been number one if not for Kopi's heroics. Uh, my number three, though, I'm going to go with Drew Doughty. Ended up being plus four on the night. And uh, it was wow. a rare night off almost for Doughty because he only had uh, he had under 24 minutes of ice time. So it was like a night off for him. He had, uh, what, seven less minutes than he normally does, or at least than he had in yeah. the uh, Winnipeg game. An assist and uh, plus four. Uh, for Dowdy, and uh, once again, no no surprise here who number one star is going to be, hero in all our hearts. Mr. Kopitar, who else could it be? Just a, really, I mean, tonight was a, this was like a great moment in King's history. You know, anytime, uh, you know, it, 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 I guess it'd be a little different if the Kings were a Pittsburgh Penguins that had, a, you know, Crosby and Malkin and, uh, you know, the amount of uh, high offensive, high scoring players they have. It may be just another night in the park and even then would be notable. But for uh, a Kings team not known for offense and being shut out, uh, really tonight was a great night in Kings history and anybody that was watching this game live or uh, watching the highlight reel. And I'm going to say that just so I don't make Augie feel bad. Uh, we were witnessing once again, a great moment in LA Kings history. So, Oh geez. What a, what a, just an amazing, amazing fun game. And uh, let's go ahead and do some, uh, some other things too. Uh, Here's one we haven't done for a, in a while, Augie, but we might as well bring it back from the dead tonight. There we go. The Toilet Flush Player of the Game. And this actually is the award that we give to uh, the uh, least performing uh, player of the game. And a uh, couple of candidates for, uh, for Colorado. But there's one in particular that I have to give it to, uh, Mr. Sven Andragetto. Sven Andragetto. There's a name that doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. Uh, but he has the dubious distinction of this honor. He ended up being a minus three in 13 minutes of ice time. So Ooh. there you have it. He's probably Ow. yeah, probably their, their third, you know, third or fourth line winger there. Uh, and... Uh, Actually, uh, yeah, minus three in minimum minimum minutes. And for good uh, effort, he also lost a face-off tonight as well. So there you go, Mr. Andrigetto. You are our uh, our flush player of the game. Uh, other notable yeah, players. Not going uh, to want to be bringing that one up at contract time. That's right. That's right. Tyson Berry, minus three. Uh, Kerfoot, minus two. 
Uh, Zadaroff minus three. Of course, those guys all uh, top four defensemen. Uh, probably a dubious distinction of having to cover Kopitar tonight, which is not and not enviable in any uh, any other fashion. Uh, as far as the Kings, uh, Dustin Brown ended up being uh, getting two assists and a plus three on the night. Uh, Carter ended up with a, a goal and an assist tonight. Uh, once again, Dowdy ended up being plus four. We just had already mentioned that. Forbert, yeah. uh, an assist and plus three. Folan, uh, Folan was a uh, plus two tonight. Uh, only one minus player for the LA Kings, and that is Dion Phaneuf. Everybody else, almost Whoa. two man. Only a few players that weren't on the plus side of the ledger, but uh, Phaneuf minus one. Uh, with about 16 and a half minutes of ice time, so they were kind of spotting him there at the end. Hey, I will say this about about Fanouf is that I love the fact that 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 is a guy that is not afraid to get his nose dirty. You know, if the team is down or the other team starts taking even a borderline liberty, uh, I love the fact that he's getting right in there, man. That is a guy that's never going to back down, and that is exactly the Matt Green type of uh, grit, the Robin Regeer type of grit that every team is going to need. And I love what that guy brings to the table. And uh, guys, I know it's, uh, you know, I don't know if it's too early to, you know, cast the official scoreboard, but I think it's impossible to not say that this Gabbert trade was the greatest trade that Rob Blake has ever made to dump that contract and uh, mm-hmm. even though, once again, Fanu's contract isn't that much better, it could arguably be worse, but at least he's a guy that actually fills a need and contributes and still a legit top 4D guy. Let's go ahead and start with you, Augie. Now that we look back, we've had uh, 15 to 20 games to digest this. Uh, kind of becomes glaring now what Fanuf actually brings to a, a playoff team. Uh, no doubt about that, Darren. Here's another thing. I've gotten the chance to meet Dion Phaneuf on a couple of occasions now, and he is one of the nicest, most humble guys I've encountered in hockey. I know that sounds real. I'm not joking. Very, very down to earth at Tippa King. When he was walking through, he was thanking all the fans for coming, just as he was walking through and, and saying hello and greeting everybody. I mean, this is a guy who uh, it, it's, it's like a guy who was being held in a Turkish prison, except it was in Canada, and he finally got let loose, and he finally got to come back to the States. And I've never seen a guy who had such a rap of being like uh, being a dick, and so not the case. So not the case in, in his wow. tenure as Los Angeles case. So that's the, that's the fan experience. But from the on-ice portion of it, not only did Rob Blake get – the Senators to take Gabbert's contract, he got them to pay 25% of of Fanuf's contract. I mean, (laughs) what more could you want? And you get to fill a hole with some leadership and a guy who really wants to be here in Los Angeles. And his his happiness shows out there, just like Dustin Brown. Dustin Brown's happiness on the ice is reflective of the coaching change because him and Sutter, it's no secret, were, were on the outs. They were they were done. And now the man is happy and he's producing. And now he's a player. And it's amazing what can be done when a guy looks forward to going to the rink. And Fanouf, uh 
I'm glad you're here and uh, look forward to uh, seeing more production out of him as he continues to steady that uh, that Los Angeles Kings blue line. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now that said, uh, that said, uh, Stevens was sending a bit of a message there. Uh, strange stat here is that Ashley Fanouf actually had the least amount of ice time amongst defensemen for the Kings. So I don't know if uh, that was Steven sending a message or just having a blowout game, knowing that he's the uh, one of the older uh, players on the team and giving him a little rest, maybe a combination of both. But uh, Fanouf with uh, 16.49 in uh, ice time uh, tonight, mm. lowest of, uh, of all defensemen. Hell, here's a, here's a crazy stat. Uh, after that, Folan... Uh, was number two. So him, Folan, and and, and uh, Fanouf had roughly the same amount of ice time, uh, but the third fewest uh, minutes of ice time amongst defensemen actually went to Alec Martinez. Only 19 minutes. Interesting, uh, interesting stat there. And uh, not to not to kick to to, to to you know piss on anybody's Cheerios because this was a victorious game. But uh, Augie and Jerry, it looks like uh, it does look like Martinez right now is kind of struggling a little bit. Is it just me that's kind of seeing this? And shoot with you first, Jerry. I think a little bit. He he seems like he's just a little bit off somehow. Um, I can't I can't put a finger on why, but uh, but yeah, I I, I kind of see that too. That he's just he's just not quite the Alec Martinez we all know and love. Yeah, okay, cool. Glad it's not me. Augie, have you noticed that as well? Uh, looks like Martinez is definitely struggling a little bit. Like I say, not that he's sucking or we want him traded, but it definitely looks like uh, something going on there, particularly with decision-making. I've noticed there's been some uncharacteristic, uh, risky passes that he seems to be making as of late. Uh, I think it's fatigue, and I, and I think the other thing about it, too, is that uh, – the amount of blocked shots has just taken a toll on his body. I mean, we're over 70 games into the season, and uh, I, he's got a lot of mileage out there uh, this year. So I, I, he may be struggling with uh, some physical ailment. And, and when that happens, uh, you start to think a little too much. And when your body's not cooperating or if it's, uh, or if your mind is well and your heart was willing, and it was like, hey, two years ago this worked, and it's not working right now because your body's just kind of like needing a break. Uh, I, I think he's just playing through some stuff. That, that's all I think it is. Uh, and hopefully yeah, no, I would agree. Uh, reduced ice time. Yeah, I think reduced ice time will help him out in, in preparation for the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's what I think is going to go on with him. Yeah, I think that's actually a really, really fair assessment because that guy is – that guy, this season in particular, he is a warrior about getting in front of the shots and blocking shots, and it's uh, – it's rubbing off on Derek Forbert now, too. I guess I saw stats what uh, seven block shots the other night for uh, for Derek Forbert. So uh, that's actually running, uh, you know, rubbing off on Forbert a little bit. So, uh, but all in all, just a, what a great game to watch. Great for the Kings and uh, still one to one there in Vegas right now. And, uh, Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the wild card standings. Uh, we recapped uh, the Kings' uh, schedule the rest of the way, but with tonight's win, yeah, only uh, two points behind uh, the Sharks. Of course, Sharks have a couple games in hand, but with a uh, loss tonight, uh, yeah, Kings only two uh, two points behind second place. Uh, Sharks one game in hand. 
uh, with tonight's victory, uh, really the the next teams uh, chasing for the wild card spot is now the St. Louis Blues, uh, 85 points, uh, which uh, means the Kings have a four point lead uh, on uh, on the Blues. Once again, scary point here though is that the Blues actually have two games in hand over the Kings. So we're kind of at that juncture where it seemed like almost all season the Kings were had less games than other teams now through this road trip and a b- couple of back-to-backs. Uh, that has kind of changed. And once again, as we look at the Kings' schedule, uh, the team right behind the Blues, Dallas Stars, 84 points. So uh, four, four points behind the Kings with one game in hand. And, of course, as we look uh, down the road, Kings are going to play Edmonton. They're going to play Calgary. They're going to play Dallas. They're going to play Anaheim. They're going to play Colorado again. And so uh, all these teams fighting for these final playoff spots are all going to be on uh, the Kings' schedule. So it's going to be uh, – if the Kings play like they did uh, tonight, though, and have that rolling those three lines, I think they're going to be a tough team to beat the rest of the way. But – Augie and Jerry, you can never predict what our Kings are going to do. You can never predict when they're going to lay an egg in the first period. You can never lay a, you know, you can just, this team is just unpredictable. And so, um, I know I've said a lot there. Augie, go ahead. We'll take your thoughts, then we'll go and throw it over Jerry for a little bit here, and then we'll go and wrap it up. Okay, yeah, the other team that uh, that that you you did a great breakdown. The one team that did not get mentioned that the Kings do get to play at Staples Center is the Minnesota Wild. Also, don't forget about them. They're also in this mix as well. Uh, so it's uh, I I mean everyone gave up the St. Louis gave gave the St. Louis Blues up for dead, and the Kings really had their foot on the throat before they laid an egg against them. Uh, in that game at Staples where St. Louis just dominated and won 7-2. to two. Uh, Because if the Kings would have won that game, then the Blues would have been six points out of a playoff spot because they were four to start that game. And then when they beat the Kings, all of a sudden they're two behind. So, that, that I mean, they could have demoralized them right there, but they didn't. So, that, uh, that, that's kind of one of those things where you talk about that Jekyll Hyde with the Los Angeles Kings. I mean, unpredictable. We don't know who's going to show up. And... Uh, as far as, like, uh, what what needs to happen for this team, in order to stay out of that wild, call, wild card vulnerability, they need to maintain that third-place hold in the conference. As long as they maintain that third-place hold in the conference, then the wild card doesn't matter. If they can catch the Sharks, even better. Uh, so at this point, what I'm really what – I, I think what I had predicted some weeks back is the Kings would need 95 points to definitely get in – uh, so we're looking probably more like 96, 97 to be comfortably in that comfortable spot. And then if you're down to 95, then you're going to be your, then you're going to be kind of fighting for a wild card spot. And there's three, four teams that have a legitimate shot at that. And what we want is for the Kings to take uh, second or third in the conference, and then that way they're out of that mix. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And you know the other wild, the other thing here that's always a concern is. You cannot never never underestimate a team that's out of the playoffs. Sometimes those teams are the hardest teams to play because they have absolutely nothing to lose and they can just go ape shit and basically go for it. They could basically throw a game plan out the window. They could make the crazy pinch because they've got nothing on the line and the coach at that time's kinda of waving the white flag. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, there's a team that's out of the playoffs. Go ahead, buddy. 
You know what I'm saying? There's two teams that fit that that are coming up on the Kings, Kings schedule, and that's the Edmonton Oilers and the Coyotes. And the Coyotes, for some reason, late in the season, whenever we have games against the Coyotes, it's as if we're facing the 1977 Montreal Canadiens because they play, they play the Kings really tough all the time. So, uh, so these, all these games coming up for the Kings right now are of utmost importance and utmost urgency for the, for the Kings to uh, go out there and really get, establish themselves early and not give these guys any hope, especially a team that's out of the playoffs. Because what those guys do, a lot of them are auditioning for jobs for next season. A lot of them are like, okay, throw the game plan out the window. We're trying to look good because we need to make this team next year. Even though the season's lost, we're going to play yeah. for pride. But if the Kings can get out there and solidify themselves and kind of uh, – be the alpha, so to speak, then they can bury those teams, but don't ever give those teams a glimmer of hope, ever. I mean, look what happened with Chicago. The Kings had that game in hand, beat, and they let them back in. And the, and the Blackhawks have been out of it for over a month. So that, that's just a perfect example of what you were talking about, Hip. Yep, yep. And now I'm looking at the schedule here, and here is some good news Uh when the when the Coyotes do face the Kings, great news about this is they will be at the tail end of a uh, six-game road trip, and this is better wow. yet. So they're in. Uh, they played Buffalo uh, tonight. They lost to Carolina. Darcy Kemper actually uh, given up uh, six goals. It looks like, uh, but uh, after that, uh, this weekend, this weekend they are off to Florida, then to Tampa Bay, then to Vegas. Dude, that's a brutal. That's a brutal three games right there to 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 do Florida, Tampa, and then Vegas, and then this is it. Really helps the Kings though. They play the Kings on the second of a back-to-back night after a six-game road trip after having to play Vegas the night before. If there is something wow. that actually would uh, wow. help the Kings' chances, I don't think you could write really a better script uh, edging the Kings' favor in that one. That's okay. That means that uh, that means they're going to come out there and bury us like uh, like Detroit did or whoever was coming <laughs> off the back to back last time. So. Yeah, yeah. Best late yeah. plan for Mike and No. Exactly. No predictor whatsoever of what our Kings are going to do. But uh, and oh, as I'm a so matter excited. of fact, Just you, know, you, you know what else? Hip that 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 does relate to that is that's going to be the Kings first game of a back-to-back because they face the Coyotes and the following night they go down to Staples South to face uh, the Ducks. So the Kings will be on the back end of that critical game against the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Good uh, Good point. Good point. So who do you start? So, so we'll probably uh, see we'll probably, we'll probably see Soupy in net against the Coyotes that Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, a real a real I would, likelihood I would for hope sure. They would do it that way. I would hope they would do it yeah. that way. I, you know, there's there's no way to know you know what Stevens is going to do until he does it. But I I would it just makes too much sense to do it that way. Oh, you can take that to the bank, Jerry. You can go bet on that in Vegas right now, especially given how well uh, Campbell did against the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, he earned the trust there of his teammates. Did you see them? Even though they lost two to one, if you if you went, I don't know if you saw or not. When the Campbell came off the ice, all those guys, Kopitar, Brown, all the vets came over and were smiles and 
were, I mean, just pumping him up. I mean, he earned that team's trust that night because that's a tough team to, to do that. Even though they didn't have Patrick Laine for most of the game, uh, he, he earned the trust of his guys in the club right there. So I don't see any reason why uh, uh, Stevens won't trot him out against the Coyotes and give a quick uh, a full rest to face the Ducks the following night. Yeah. He's earned that. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. All right, boys, well, uh, we're going to have uh, – I will not be here on Saturday night as uh, the Hired Gun Trio's got a private engagement we're going to be doing, but uh, Jeff Duarte will be hosting, and uh, we will be on the air following Edmonton game. And once again, he'll be here. Hopefully I'll have a little time to try to call in and probably even more if the Kings could uh, get a, a hard-earned victory. And, Augie, we talked a little bit earlier – how great would it be if the Kings could win in Edmonton, the most important road trip of the year, and they would get a seven of a possible eight points? I just, uh, mere words could not describe if that scenario happens. Uh, what a great sign that is heading towards the, the postseason. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's what I call ideal conditions because that would definitely put them into the driver's seat because after that, when they come home, they just have one, quote, road game left, and that's going down to Anaheim. The rest is all home cooking. But here's the flip side of that. We have not defended our home ice all that well this year. So the Kings being a, fighting for a lower seed in the playoffs and actually being a road team, I actually like that better. But uh, if the Kings are able to finish off Edmonton, I mean, at that point, you're, you're – uh, you're like six points away from saying we're in. We're going to the postseason for sure. So hopefully, uh, hopefully the Kings can do that and uh, and everything aligns well and the hockey dots smile upon us. Indeed, indeed. All right, fellas. Well, uh, like I say, I won't be here Saturday. Hopefully, I'll have a little time to be on. But uh, Jeff Duarte is going to be hosting LA Kings Road Talk Radio. So everybody, if you're listening to this, you enjoyed the show. Uh, Go give our Facebook page a like and our Twitter page and all that stuff. And uh, come join us Saturday post uh, the Edmonton Oilers game. And, Augie, uh, thanks so much for calling in and helping us up. You have have a great night, all right? You too. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care, Jerry. And uh, Jeff Jeff Duarte, you're still my hero, even though you were a healthy scratch tonight. All right, there you go. All right, thank you, Augie. Right. And I'll tell you what, Jerry, since you uh, since you helped me uh, pinch hit tonight uh, until Augie came on and whatnot, why don't you go ahead and uh, call us off. Just say, uh, you know, you're listening to Jerry from Ohio, L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio, and here's a little coked-up Elvis, or do something like that, and we'll go ahead and wrap it up. <laughs> okay. You are listening to Jerry from Ohio on L.A. King's Road Talk Radio. And, uh, yeah, let's swing this thing out here with Coke Up Elvis. All right. On the night that uh, Kopey scores four goals, L.A. King's Road Talk Radio signing off. Good night, everybody.
fantastic, thank you. You're a beautiful audience, ladies and gentlemen, thank you.